Greetings for Oaksters. It is Pastor Paul here on a Friday morning. Let's see here. Yes, March 24th. The weekend is upon us. And this will be our last installment for this week of the Pastoral Devotionals. And so if you're unfamiliar with our with our process here, our pattern, we are preaching through the Gospel of Matthew on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And we're using the week prior to those messages to walk through the passage for the coming week. And the idea here is that we can walk through it together, pull it apart together, interpret it together um, for the sake of giving you not just biblical information, but hopefully some tools for how to best study the Bible for yourself. And we have been, of course, going through the Beatitudes this week, and we are to the last Beatitudes, but I'm going to read the whole passage for us. And we're going to dive in and draw this part of our study to a close. All right, Matthew 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right. So as we have been working our way through the Beatitudes, we've seen that there is a progression. And this progression is all built on this premise that Jesus, God, is giving a prescription for happiness. I know that sounds strange to say as a Christian, but it's true, okay? Uh, we're most, um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him, John Piper says, that, that um, Paul says, we are workers for your joy. And so, so joy is not a peripheral theme. Happiness is not a peripheral theme scripturally. And Jesus, in essence, is giving us an invitation to the happy life, the blessed life, the flourishing life. That's the way we can interpret that word blessed. But of course, what is turned upside down is um, this pathway that Jesus prescribes for us. It is not the pathway of the world. It's, it's, it's completely bewildering on many aspects. And that's particularly true as we come to these last two Beatitudes. And so as we've seen, there's a progression, all right? So first of all, uh, Jesus um, is calling us to go before God and to consider our souls and the conditions of our hearts before him. And as we do that, then he begins to transform us and transform the way that we engage other people. And then finally, what he gives us in these last two Beatitudes is the end result of this path that he's prescribed for us. And it is just so baffles the mind. It's otherworldly what Jesus says here. And I'm going to substitute the word happy for the word blessed because Jonathan Edwards says that's an okay translation. It is a good translation. And listen to what, what is said here. Blessed, or let me, let me rephrase this. Um, 
happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Happy are you when you are persecuted for my name's sake. Happy are you when others revile you. And and just that can just kind of be bewildering when we think about it on the surface. How in the world does being reviled for the name of Christ, persecuted for righteousness sake, how does that put us on a path of flourishing? How does that put us on the path to a happy life? And I think a couple things we need to say about this, um, that from a worldly perspective, um, there's nothing about persecution that seems happy. But we need to remember um, the economy of God. Listen to what, what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, okay? So Peter's kind of saying the same thing. Jesus and Peter are both saying we can rejoice we, because we are flourishing in our persecutions. Now, how is it that we are flourishing in our persecutions? So, so go back for a second to the last beatitude here. It says, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What, what persecution, what suffering for the name of Christ, for righteousness sake, what, what that communicates to our soul, of course, is that we belong to him. See, Jesus has promised suffering for his disciples. He has promised that the servant is not greater than his master. So as they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So one of the things that Jesus is pointing us to here, the reason we can rejoice, the reason that we are, 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 are said to be in a state of flourishing is that by our persecutions, we are being affirmed as children of God. It is a confirmation of our identity. Conversely, if we're not being persecuted, and again, persecution is not something we have to seek after, but if there's no point in our life where the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word is setting us at odds um, with the culture around us or agitating in some particular way, we, we have to honestly say, are we, are we walking in faithfulness, Okay. Um, but, but there seems to be an indication that whether it's outward physical harm um, or persecution of a million other kinds of varieties, whether it's being ostracized or ignored or friendships cut off um, or, or being seen as foolish or silly, um, that, that following Christ is going to set us up on a path of being in opposition to the values of the world and that we will feel that in some way. Jesus says, when that happens, you're flourishing. And the reason you're flourishing is because we are sharing in the sufferings of Christ. So just as so much as the prophets before us were persecuted and thus sharing in the sufferings of God, we also are rejoicing and sharing in the sufferings of Christ. That's what Peter says, rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. And the reason we are happy in this 
is because not only does it confirm our identity, it confirms that we belong to him, but it also points us forward to where our ultimate reward is. Okay, so again, go back to the, to the same uh, beatitude. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. See, I, I'm really convinced that so much of false teaching, um, heresy, progressive theology um, is, is rooted ultimately in a desire to not be set apart for persecution, to not be set apart to be an oddball in culture. It, it, it usually means accommodating the, the truth of God's word in some way as to be more palpable to the culture at large, to gain respect, to, 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 to gain a foothold of, of, of esteem in the world's eyes. And what we end up doing is accommodating that truth. And let's be honest, it does yield a reward. It yields a reward on earth. It yields a, a, an earthly reward of acceptance, of popularity, of being received, of, being, of having a claim in the world's eyes. But ultimately, that is not the path of flourishing. That is not the happy path, right? The path of flourishing is the one who knows that their identification with the sufferings of Christ are, in fact, not only confirming their identity that they belong to him, but that their reward will be eternal. It will be ongoing. It will be unchanging. It will never come to an end. And our reward, of course, is Jesus himself. So, so this is the path of flourishing that Jesus has set before us. He has, he has said, be before God and evaluate yourselves. And in evaluating yourselves, be comforted by his mercy and grace and have your relationships transformed. And as you are being distinctive in the world, know that it will have repercussions, but it will be a repercussion that affirms your identity and sets you apart as one who will receive eternal reward. So that brings to a close our study of the Beatitudes. All right. So um, we'll be back Monday next week, where we're going to start to walk through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. But thanks for joining us this week, and may God's peace, flourishing, shalom be upon you. Let's pray. Lord, as we head into the weekend now, we pray that we could rest in your goodness to us. Lord, we want to be those who flourish, those who find their happiness in you. And we ask that you would do this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.